The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Scott Letourneau, who is the CEO of Nevada Corporate Planners. Welcome to the show, Scott. Thanks, Jordan. Pleasure to be here. Let's just start off a little bit with your background and uh, kind of where you've come to uh, create Nevada Corporate Planners and a little bit about what your company does. You know, Jordan, for the last uh, 13 years, I've helped over 5,500 entrepreneurs get off to a fast start to profits. And really what I had is a background in finances, and I studied the patterns of small business owners' success and failure. And I invested over a million dollars over the last 13 years with researching with some of the best legal accounting firms in the United States and worldwide to study patterns of why do people get off to a fast start to business success and why do some people fail. And that's what allowed us to be very successful in helping our clients out today. Let's just kind of start off with the the environment we're in today for particularly starting businesses or small businesses. Is today a good time or a bad time to be starting a business and to be running a small business? You know, it's a great question. It depends which side of the coin you look on, as it's quite obvious that there's a lot of economic challenges out there. It's difficult to get access to financing. We do have some solutions we'll talk about. But my opinion is it's one of the greatest times to start a business because there's so many people out there looking for solutions, looking for resources. They're searching the Internet because of the massive layoff with employees. People need answers, and if you can provide answers and solve a problem, you can be very successful in this environment. Tell us a little bit about the size of the business. How many people or what percentage of the population are now have home-based businesses? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, there are uh, literally about 52 million people today that have home-based businesses, and that number will continue to grow, as I predict, as you see the unemployment rates uh, continue to be steady, because people are looking for a way that, how can I either uh, start a business from home, how can I supplement my income in case my job disappears. So it's a huge market, and there's a big opportunity to provide resources. What are some of the advantages of running a business from home compared to uh, either going and you know creating a store or having a location or working for a big uh, company of some kind you know it can be very successful as you know google started from its garage so there's a lot of success stories it could be big companies and one of the biggest advantages is low overhead you don't have to go out and lease a office space for three years you may not need two or three employees you can start the concept from home you can outsource to independent contractors certain vendors and it's a, a great way to keep the overhead low as you're developing your business and concept uh, for revenue. So it's a great way to go. So the overhead is low. How about tax advantages of having a small business run from home? Yeah, that's a huge one. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that uh, when it comes to maximizing uh, you know, your home 
business and home office for tax advantages. It can really put a lot of money back in your pocket. And when you really look at what are called meals, travel, entertainment expenses, there really isn't much differences whether you're a big corporation or your home-based business when it comes to how to maximize taxes. And it's one of the best ways to give yourself a raise is to start a home-based business and to start looking at all your personal expenses and figuring out which one of those could become legitimate business expenses. And there's lots of opportunity in that arena. Generally, what are some of the fields that people go into that are successful in running a small business from home? You know, the ones that the patterns we've seen to be most successful are people that are providing uh, internet solutions to people starting businesses. Uh, people are always looking, how do I make money on the internet? We've all heard stories. There's several infomercials about it. So those who are looking to support people to to uh, make money online is a huge subject. Obviously, uh, you'll hear a lot about real estate, how to make money in real estate. And then you get into the network marketing, direct sales arena is a big opportunity because, again, it's a low overhead type business where a lot of people are get start, getting started in. So we've said it actually can be a very good environment, low overhead, tax advantages, lots of businesses can work from home. Yet what are the numbers on success rate of small businesses? You know, the challenge is about 80 to 95 percent fail within five years. You know, the first year, according to the SBA, about 50 percent fail in a small business. So, you know, the reality check is the odds are against you. So that's kind of discouraging, 80 to 95 percent. So... Uh, what are some of the major reasons why so many businesses start up with all the enthusiasm and then fail within five years? You know, that's a great question. And in, in all the research we've done on this subject, this is the most important subject. And my conclusion comes to the fact of, you know, a simple as how do you build the proper foundation? In other words, where do you go to start a business? You know, everybody is familiar with if you want to, get fast food, let's say you want a quick hamburger and you're in Australia or you're in New Zealand or China or the United States and you want to do that quickly, most people think of McDonald's. The problem, Jordan, is when you come to start a business, where do you go to first? There is no such thing as a business startup store. You go on a street corner and start a business. So a lot of people I find is they get a lot of conflicting information about starting the foundation of their business. Some people go to the attorney. Some people go to the accountant, some go to the financial planner, the banker, the business license, online. And each of those areas has a certain niche of advice, a very specific area of advice, and many times they're contradictory. And because a lot of business owners then get confused and they say, you know what, Jordan, I'm just going to keep it simple, and I'm going to be a sole proprietorship, and let me try and see what happens. And from a psychological viewpoint, try is a word that means failure and hypnosis. So I find, Jordan, the biggest hurdle is people start off with a shaky foundation. They're uncertain, and that extrapolates into everything, that, everything else they do in their business, and that's really what prevents them from getting off to a fast start to profits. So what do you do at Nevada Corporate Planners to help them get off to a right start and get a firm foundation from the beginning? Yeah, what we do very differently is we, we make sure that when you call us and you work with our company that we get the right foundation. You'll get the advantages of our years of research so we can walk you through a process to help you select the best entity for you from 
not only a tax, but from a liability point of view. We help you build business credit, so you, bit, you, you are in a position so you don't hurt your personal credit score with your business. You develop relationships with Dun & Bradstreet, corporate experience, and then we automate your tax and bookkeeping, so you actually have numbers to give you feedback on how you're running your business because one of the big mistakes we see, Jordan, is people will run their small business the way they run their personal life. And the way they do that is based upon their online personal checking account balance. And then when they start a business, they use their online business checking account as their only financial tool, and that's absolutely the wrong way to run any business. So we solve all those things for someone so you can spend 95% of your time on generating a profit, and then we give you multiple tools to make that much easier for you. So we give you the opportunity to beat the odds. So what are some of the tools that you offer that help people set up small businesses? Well, so for example, is when you work with us, not only do we take you through the whole incorporation process, we have videos, audio online to simplify the process. We have a tax and bookkeeping program online where we literally sat with our CPA and we did videos to simplify the process through QuickBooks to update your numbers so you can make that a simplistic process. We have a system to help develop business credit that it's a step-by-step method of which you'll develop credit over the next three to six months in your business. Then what we do, Jordan, on a monthly basis, I interview some of the best people in the world on two subjects. Number one, how do you make profits in the fastest period of time you're business add maximum value and number two how do you keep it how do you protect yourself everything from your intellectual property uh, to your identity of your business and then of course how do you grow profits how do you add value how do you maximize joint ventures the most powerful form of leverage today yet 95 percent of people don't understand that concept if people want to find out more is there a website and phone number people can uh, contact you with yeah, absolutely. The easiest way to get more information quickly is to go to www.businessanswerstoday.com, businessanswerstoday.com, or call us toll-free at 1-877-627-5555. Again, just simply give us a call at 1-877-627-5555. And our staff would be more than happy to help you out. We'll get you all the information we need. We have a lot of tools that are free to support you. Uh, then we'll see if we can help you out or not. Why don't you give me an example of a business that called you recently that you've been working with and how you kind of got them off to a good start, just to give people an example of what kind of way you can help these businesses. Yeah, very good example. Uh, uh, recently I talked to a, a client who uh, has a business in the, in the marketing arena, and he was so excited because we, we not only were able to set up his business quickly, which we did within about 72 hours of getting the first pieces started, but he loved the fact that we were able to automate his books and develop business credit and help him leverage joint ventures all in one stop. So our company was able to do all four pieces for him so he could focus on his clients and customers, and he realized that the most important part for him was to leverage the joint ventures to grow his business quickly. And he said, when I talked to him, Jordan, is the amount of money that he paid with us for all four of those components was the same amount of money he spent with an attorney three years ago 
in his home state to file a simple entity. So he, he got a, a much better return on his investment and much more support and services. So he's a, a very happy client. So you find that's true with a lot of other people. They've tried attorneys or CPAs or other people first, and then they come to you to kind of clean up the mess. Is that the way it works? Yeah, or what happens is not only clean up the mess, but they realize that uh, we do so much more for the same investment. In other words, uh, we can have so many other services for the amount of money that you invest with the attorney. Now, obviously, if you need a buy-sell agreement or legal documents, use your attorney. We can make recommendations. But on the upfront starting of the business and the tools and resources that we have online, the recorded teleseminars you have immediate access to, our clients feel they get a much better value off the, the start of their business, plus their customer service is world-class. We actually call you proactively. We walk you through the entire record book. We walk you through the process. We follow up on everything because we know it's in our best interest to make sure you're profitable from the start, and that's the name of the game. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Scott Letourneau, uh, who's the CEO of the Nevada Corporate Planners Company. Uh, his website is businessanswerstoday.com. His phone number, 877-627-5555. And we'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Hi, this is Jordan Goodman, host of The Money Answer Show. I cordially invite you to join me and some of my favorite investing experts for The Money Answers Investing Cruise, from February 12th through February 19th, 2011, on board Holland America's luxurious MS Eurodam. In this volatile investing environment, good advice is more important than ever, and this exclusive Caribbean cruise offers not only fun, but also a full week of highly informative events with me and other top investing experts like Ray Lucia and Charles Payne from Fox News Network. During seminars, panel discussions, and Q&As, at cocktail parties and at dinners, we will discuss current market conditions and the best places for your investment dollars. Meanwhile, luxuriate in the amenities of Holland America's newest ship and visit some of the best ports for shopping, sightseeing, and sunning. For more information, go to www.moneyanswerscruise.com or call 800-707-1634. That's 800-707-1634. And don't delay, because spaces are limited. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Scott Letourneau, who is the CEO of Nevada Corporate Planners uh, from Las Vegas, Nevada. Welcome back to the show, Scott. Yeah, thanks, Jordan. Okay, so let's start off with uh, one of the things you, you deal with your customers, which is the correct corporate entity. Um, so let's go through them briefly and say the pros and cons of the different kinds. First of all, sole proprietorship is probably the most common way that people run businesses. What are the pros and cons of having a sole proprietorship? 
you know, 67% of all small businesses in the United States are sole proprietorship, and the pros is it's simple. You don't have a separate legal structure. The filing fees are minimal. Uh, it's easy to do. And the cons are the reasons you should never have this form of entity. Number one, you have unlimited personal liability. Even if you don't have any current assets, if you have future assets, you can be sued, lose everything you have. Number two, you're going to pay the highest amount in taxes possible. Number three, you're in the highest audit rate category. Number four, from a marketing perspective, you're coming from a point of weakness because the reason, Jordan, people form sole proprietorships is they're not sure if they're going to make it in business. They're simple, and the accountant told them they don't make enough money, so be a sole proprietorship. So when you do joint ventures, that's certainly not the marketing message you want to extend. So I would never recommend from day one people start a sole proprietorship. Unfortunately, a lot of people do. Even though it's the majority of what people do, it's the wrong way to do it, you're saying. Yeah, absolutely, because they're getting one niche of advice or niche of advice from a tax perspective, which may be correct from a tax point of view, but it doesn't take into account finance, legal, and a marketing perspective. Yeah. Okay, the second one would be Subchapter S corporations. Uh, what are the pros and cons of that? Yeah, Subchapter S is a very popular uh, type of entity, and it's used for somebody typically... Uh, has uh, higher profits, low overhead. They're not going to be reinvesting a lot of money into their business. A lot of times home-based business, network marketers or S-corporations put you in a position to save taxes when you have some of your money will come through as what's called a W-2 salary. And the other part of profits can flow through as what's called distributions. Distributions currently are not subject to self-employment tax, although our government is looking at taking that away. Uh, so that is usually the, the, the outcome that somebody looks at an S corporation. Keep in mind, if you're looking to raise money, that's not a good choice because there's restrictions on who can be shareholders. And what are the downsides of an S corporation? You know, the negatives of S corporations is the last point about the lack of ability to get shareholders. And the biggest one that most people never consider, if you have value in your company, and it's an S-corporation, you get sued personally for something unrelated to the operating business, you could lose control of your entire company. Somebody could take the stock of your company. We saw a guy in California lose a $3 million computer business that way when his son got a DUI and the family was sued for $4 million personally. Insurance covered a million. He lost a 15-year-old computer business uh, because he owned the stock personally. Actually, the stock was owned by the Living Trust, which is another misconception because the Living Trust doesn't protect you from liability. So he lost control of his entire lifestyle, business, and family net worth. Okay, so those are the pros and cons of the subchapter S. Uh, then the next one would be a subchapter C corporation, a C corp. What are the pros and cons of that? Yeah, regular C corporation is uh, the pros of that is if you're looking for a capital intensive company where you're going to be reinvesting the profits, growing employees, infrastructure, overhead. It allows you to pay lower taxes at the corporate level as you're developing and growing those assets over a period of time. So that's one of the advantages. Obviously, all public companies are C-corporations, so there's some benefits when it comes to raising money as far as capital structure. Uh, those are two, obviously, uh, just like the S-corporations are separate legal entities. You have liability protection. You separate your personal and business liability. And some of the uh, cons of the C-corporation is typically what I see is it's recommended for the wrong situation. In other words, 
people hear that the fact you pay lower taxes initially, but a lot of home-based business owners sometimes form C-corporations where they're not really reinvesting money for the future in the company, and then they get hit with double taxation year two, three, and four when they don't take profits out. So you've got to make sure you have the right model or the right business that fits into the right structure per se. And it's more costly as far as filing and so on to do a C than an S corporation. Is that right? Well, the C and S corporation, as far as filing, the, the Secretary of State's don't look at them any differently. Uh, the tax returns, the accountant might charge a little bit more for a C corporation, might be a little more complex. So you might pay a little bit more in accounting fees for it. So that, that would be a distinction there. And then the next uh, form is the LLC, the Limited Liability Corporation. What are the pro and cons of that? Yeah, the Limited Liability Company is one of my favorite choices. It has the most flexibility and it has the most mistakes because most people don't understand the LLC can be taxed in four different manners. It can be a disregarded entity like a sole proprietorship. It could be taxed as an S-Corp, a C-Corp, or a limited partnership so it has most flexibility. So there's two issues. Number one is liability protection. So one of the big pros of the LLC in just about most states, except for a couple, uh, if the individual owner gets sued for something unrelated to the operating business, like a car accident, the LLC has an extra layer of protection that makes it more difficult for somebody to take over the ownership of the company. It's called a charging order. So that's an added advantage to the LLC. That's brings up the question, why would I be an LLC taxed as an S-corporation versus just an S-corporation? That would be a reason why. So we really like the flexibility of the LLC, the liability protection, and the cons are the downside is just a lot of people make mistakes, especially when they file online, because there's at least six different operating agreements depending upon how you're taxed and how many members you have. And most people don't follow through and file the proper forms if, for example, they want an LLC taxed as an S-corporation, which can cause huge penalties two or three years from now if you don't file it properly. So you need to definitely get the uh, right resource if you're going to be an LLC to make sure you, you dot all the I's and cross all the T's. And then I guess limited partnership is another form of, of business uh, organization. Are there pros and cons of that? Yeah, limited partnership, uh, the pros of that, you have separate liability protection, a separate legal entity. Uh, you have the ability that limited partners could receive what's called passive income, not subject to self-employment tax. The downside is the general partner has unlimited liability. So if you're running a business, uh, typically you'll have to form a second entity to operate as a general partner. And uh, you have to be very careful that the limited partners don't make decisions as the role of the general partners, which is an issue with husband and wives that come into play, because let's not kid ourselves, most of the time they are discussing everything. And if you don't do that properly, you can lose the liability advantage of the limited partnership. So we, in that situation, many times prefer the LLC that overcomes some of those limitations. You don't need a second entity to be the general partner. Are those the main for forms of organization, or are there some others you, you recommend as well? Those are the main forms. You'll see some other choices that get into uh, each state as certain business trusts and things of that nature, and there's more confusion uh, with that. You'll see something called a series LLC. Uh, there's still some, uh, uh, there's not enough court cases to document the levels of liability protection on that. Uh, 
and there's a few other ones that we don't need to mention, but those are the main ones that people will see as choices for their business opportunity. So when you have somebody call Nevada Corporate uh, Planners, and again, the number 877-627-5555 or the website businessanswerstoday.com, when somebody contacts you, what is the process you go through in helping them figure out of these different choices what's best for them? What we do, Jordan, is we first want to understand, of course, what their business is, what they're looking to accomplish, because keep in mind we have a lot of resources that could immediately make an impact for their business model since we have thousands of clients worldwide. So when you call us, we'll spend 10 or 15 minutes wanting to understand what your business is doing. Are you starting up? Is it an existing business? Are you transitioning from a sole proprietorship? Are you in different states? Do you have partners? And we'll ask a series of questions just to understand what you're doing, what you're looking to accomplish. And after that, we, uh, we take you through a, a process uh, to make some recommendations and some choices, whether we want to do it in Nevada and foreign register in your home state. Should it be a home state entity? Are you looking to move soon? Uh, then we, we talk about choice of entity, and we give them some input based upon their situation, why this may be better than this option. And then we walk them through the process with some other support services, and they simply let us know what would be best for them. Then we have a turnkey process to get them started that's very simple, and the support on the back end is massive. And if they want to bring into play their accountant or their attorney, we're more than happy to have them as, as part of the process also. And, and again, what are some of the misconceptions people bring to this uh, when they're trying to make the decision about their correct stru- structure? Well, the number one uh, misconception is the first question people ask is, what is your price? What do you charge? And that should always be in any valuation one of the criteria. But the big mistake people make is they've seen the Secretary of State's websites where they see filing fees of $125, $99, $50, and they make the assumption that covers everything. And when you're dealing with state agencies and the IRS, we had one client whose brother forgot one form, and when they got audited, they had to pay an additional $50,000 in taxes that was unnecessary, that if they would have paid a couple hundred dollars more to get that form done up front, uh, they would have saved fifty grand. So the, that's the biggest misconception we see first. And then number two would be the mistake of, of assumptions that my accountant said I should be this. And then when we ask questions why they make the recommendation, they have no idea why they, made, they got the recommendation. And what that means is people sort by authority, and we teach people to ask better questions. So whether you're accountant, your attorney, financial planner, or us, uh, you want to ask more questions. We want you to understand the recommendation we're making and we feel you should understand if your attorney or accountant makes one, you should understand why they're making that recommendation also. So a lot of people simply don't ask enough questions uh, when we talk to them uh, to get started, and that's what caused them to make a lot of mistakes because they have a lot of assumptions that are incorrect. And they can learn a lot of these things not only from your people directly, but you do have a series of CDs and audios and websites help helps them figure out what the correct questions are, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you go to businessanswerstoday.com, we have a 96-page free report, and I actually go through a case study of 13 questions to ask in any business situation, where what I find the pattern is with most professionals, they ask basically one or two, and they make a quick recommendation. 
I mean, you never go to the doctor and they come and look at you and your eyes are red and say, okay, here's a prescription. I mean, they, they should be doing some evaluation. Unfortunately, I find when it comes to starting a business, people really skip the evaluation and just make generalizations. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Scott Letourneau, who's the CEO of Nevada Corporate Planners. Again, his website is businessanswerstoday.com. His phone number, 877-627-5555. And we'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Hi, this is Jordan Goodman, host of The Money Answer Show. I cordially invite you to join me and some of my favorite investing experts for The Money Answers Investing Cruise from February 12th through February 19th, 2011, on board Holland America's luxurious MS Eurodam. In this volatile investing environment, good advice is more important than ever, and this exclusive Caribbean cruise offers not only fun, but also a full week of highly informative events with me and other top investing experts like Ray Lucia and Charles Payne from Fox News Network. During seminars, panel discussions, and Q&As, at cocktail parties and at dinners, we will discuss current market conditions and the best places for your investment dollars. Meanwhile, luxuriate in the amenities of Holland America's newest ship and visit some of the best ports for shopping, sightseeing, and sunning. For more information, go to www.moneyanswerscruise.com or call 800-707-1634. That's 800-707-1634. And don't delay because spaces are limited. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Scott Letourneau, who's the CEO of Nevada Corporate Planners, uh, based in Las Vegas. Um, and uh, welcome back to the show, Scott. Yeah, thank you, Jordan. Um, one question people ask all the time is about the domicile of your company. And you're based in Las Vegas there. A lot of people think if they incorporate their business in Nevada because you don't have state uh, income or corporate taxes, they can avoid taxes. Tell us a little bit about the ins and outs of domiciling uh, your business. Yeah, it's a, it's a very important subject because there's so much misinformation on this on the Internet all over the place and yes we are based in nevada our offices are in las vegas so your choices which are most common are to do it in your home state you'll hear a lot about delaware a lot about wyoming and nevada so your home state is of course the simplest choice it typically has less fees you may have a little bit less protection and the key thing to keep in mind is are you planning to move your move out of state in the next two or three years because if you do your home state may not be the best pivot point from a liability and tax structure for you. Delaware is a very popular choice, especially if you're going to go public, which probably 99% of people are not going to go public. And for a lot of people, they, the knee-jerk reaction is go to Delaware, but they don't understand the state tax structure, the fact that they have to foreign qualify, and it may not be the best option. 
Wyoming is attempting to make the argument that are the same as Nevada, no state taxes, and the fact that it's cheaper with less filing fees, which is true, but the premise is incorrect because most people are not going to save state taxes by incorporating in Nevada or Wyoming unless you actually have a business here or employees. So that's one of the big misconceptions. Now, with that being said, one of the uh, big advantages of Nevada, even if you live in a different state, if you formed a company in Nevada, typically you would what do what's called foreign qualifier registered to do business in your state. It does add an extra layer of liability protection to help protect what's called the entity veil. And there's no insurance policy you can buy in that subject. And it's only about an extra $40 a month, uh, uh, you know, for an investment to have that extra layer of protection. So that's a quick summary of the choices. And, of course, everybody's situation is slightly different. That's why we recommend you call us. But that will give you an overview. What are some of the penalties if you do it wrong? If you, you're based in Pennsylvania uh, and you know, your business is all in Pennsylvania and so on, and you set this corporation up in Nevada basically to avoid taxes, uh, what can happen to you? And what can happen to you, it's really an issue at the state level of Pennsylvania because it's, it's typically not an IRS issue because hopefully no matter what state you're in, you're paying federal taxes. Obviously, you know, in an S-corporation, it's a flow-through. There isn't necessarily federal taxes except for a, a tax return to be paid. So it's really each individual state has different fines and penalties at different levels. Some states up to five or $10,000 fines. Obviously, if somebody determines that you should have been registered to do business, and somebody might ask, well, how would that happen? most common thing is, what if you hire an independent contractor in your local city who basically, when you let them go, they thought they're an employee, so they go file unemployment, and then when they file unemployment, the unemployment division determines that the business this person is working for isn't even registered to do business in their particular state, then the whole thing unravels. Then all of a sudden you have back state taxes for several years, fines, penalties, and fees. So it's really something you want to make sure you do properly and conservatively, most people should more than likely register in the state they're located. And another way that shows up, uh, Jordan, is the state of California. You know what they do? They will actually subpoena your business credit card and look at where your purchases are from. And if most of the purchases are from a local jurisdiction, they just assume you're doing business there, which is a pretty good, accurate measurement. So uh, states are really pretty vigilant about this, and, and uh, if they see... A Nevada-based corporation uh, with an address in some other state, it, it sends up red flags? Well, it, it's not only Nevada. I mean, you could be a Missouri corporation and you moved to Florida and, and you never registered to do business in Florida. And so it could be any state. And, uh, and we're probably giving most states too much credit because, let's be honest, they're, they're very inefficient like the government. They're not organized. And most of companies go under the radar screen. That's why I have a lot of people tell me, oh, my neighbor in California's had a Nevada corporation for five years and they've never had an issue. And I just said, you know, just because they haven't been caught yet doesn't mean that, you know, it's a legitimate strategy. So, but some states, obviously, as you know, they're hurting for revenue and they calibrate, you know, between who should be doing business here and paying our filing fees. Use tax is a big audit subject these days, as you've heard about. So it is becoming more and more on the radar screen. The challenge is with budget cuts, it's becoming a little more difficult for them to police this subject matter. 
I want to talk about the business credit because that's a clearly a big issue these days. Uh, the credit crunch is on. It's, people are saying how hard it is for small businesses, even existing small businesses, to get credit. Never mind startups or new businesses of various kinds. What are some things, some misconceptions people have about getting small business credit and, and how possible it is in today's economy? Yeah, it's a hot subject, and the biggest misconception is, number one, is 67% of people right now are operating as sole proprietorships, and how they finance their business is through their personal credit card, which drives up the revolving debt, which drives down your personal credit score. So let's say it's a year later, and every one of those people decide to finally to form an LLC or a corporation for their business to separate their personal and business credit. Now they go to the bank, and step one is to to at the bank apply for a business credit card under the tax ID number, and they get rejected. And the reason they get rejected is 98% of the bank's formula for giving you a business credit card is how did you handle your personal credit? And they look at two things primarily. How high is your revolving debt? What's your personal credit score? And, of course, do you have any major derogatories like bankruptcy? And so you shoot yourself in the foot from day one because you, have, you, you should have from day one formed a separate legal entity Stop using your personal credit cards and get a business credit card. Yes, that's personally guaranteed, but the debt does not show up in your personal credit bureau. So that's step one. Okay, so what, what, if you do it the right way, if you apply for business credit with the, the, under the business name from the beginning and you're a startup, how are you going to get business credit when you don't have a track record? Well, what you have to do is you have to develop it. It's like being 16 again and getting your first personal credit card. You have to develop your credit. So the good news is, Instead of taking three or four years to do it, we can compress the time in about six months because we have a system for it and a program to take you through. And what we want to do is develop a business credit profile with Dun & Bradstreet with corporate experience, and we want to do it properly uh, from the start. And can some of those things you do on your own? Yes, but if you make mistakes, they're very difficult to fix. So when you develop those from the start, and you develop what's called vendor credit relationships, there's only about 6,000 companies that report to Dun & Bradstreet, and they don't give out the list. You have to work with vendors that report because that builds up a business credit profile on your business, which is a major component six months from now, a year from now, that the banks will look at in evaluating how have you been treated by vendors, how are those relationships, before we decide if we're going to give you a cash lines of credit. Very important. Okay, so if you do it right that way, then how do you build up your uh, business credit record with Dun & Bradstreet and corporate experience? Well, it has to happen. For example, Dun & Bradstreet, uh, you have to have vendors that are reporting to them. First of all, which means you have to have those vendor relationships, you know, like a, uh, uh, a Office Max, you know, and then you purchase materials. They report to Dun & Bradstreet, and then that builds up a profile, a record. Well, most people are shocked to find out, even those who have been in business for six or seven years, they have no business credit profile because none of their vendors have ever reported, which is most common. So there is a science to this. So once you build it up uh, with, with Dun & Bradstreet, you'll get a better rating in different categories. Then corporate experience is a little different because you can't just go open a report. Somebody has to start that for you and inquire about your company. But then it's very similar to the same process. But another mistake, Jordan, that people make is they don't understand that simple things like when you file your corporation and you put your address down as the president of the company, did you spell First Street F-R-I-S-T or did you do 
number one, you know, ST, those are two different pieces of data in Dun & Bradstreet's system that are mismatches that affect your ability to develop your profiles. There's so many little nuances that you really need to go through what's called a compliance review to make sure everything's in alignment before you do this. Then it can become quite powerful as you build it up because then you separate your personal and business credit. Even if you have lousy personal credit, you can develop a strong business credit profile and the company has a chance to be more successful. So then it's kind of a positive reinforcing system. As you get good credit, it's easy to get more good credit and kind of reinforces itself positively. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And what the big mistake most people wait, they make is they wait until the last minute until they're desperate. You know, they maxed out their personal credit cards. They're, they took money from their savings account. Oh, I need business credit. How do I get $40,000 by Monday? And then they make a huge mistake. And really the and it's counterintuitive, the time to build credit is when you don't need it. And unfortunately, a lot of Americans aren't in that situation, so you want to do it immediately. The other important point that most people never consider is they may be losing business from clients, different vendors, potential joint venture relationships, because they have a weak business credit profile. Because when you think about it, Jordan, if you want to do business with a company, how do you check them out financially? I mean, you can't call the IRS and say, I'd like to see your last three years' tax returns. I can't call your bank and say, hey, can you send me over uh, his last three bank statements? I'd like to take a look at them. You know, Dun or, uh, the Better Business Bureau is difficult to rely upon as far as accuracy because as long as you handle complaints, they'll give you a good record. So the best approach, if you spend 40 bucks with Dun & Bradstreet, you can pull a report on any company in the United States and check them out. And a lot of people, I'm going to tell you right now, are standing financially naked and would be shocked. And I'd recommend everybody in the call go spend their own $40 and go pull a Dun & Bradstreet report on their own company and see what it looks like. Because you may not like what you see. <laughs> Maybe a lot of errors on there, yes. A lot of errors or no report. And that's the reason you could be losing lots of business. Because if people are checking out your company and you have no profile built, Maybe that's the reason they choose not to do business with you, and what does that cost you? Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Scott Letourneau, who's the CEO of Nevada Corporate Planners. Uh, his website is businessanswerstoday.com. A phone number to reach him is 877-627-5555. We'll be back after this. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Hi, this is Jordan Goodman, host of The Money Answer Show. I cordially invite you to join me and some of my favorite investing experts for the Money Answers Investing Cruise from February 12th through February 19th, 2011, on board Holland America's luxurious MS Eurodam. In this volatile investing environment, good advice is more important than ever, and this exclusive Caribbean cruise offers not only fun, but also a full week of highly informative events with me and other top investing experts like Ray Lucia and Charles Payne from Fox News Network. 
During seminars, panel discussions, and Q&As, at cocktail parties and at dinners, we will discuss current market conditions and the best places for your investment dollars. Meanwhile, luxuriate in the amenities of Holland America's newest ship and visit some of the best ports for shopping, sightseeing, and sunning. For more information, go to www.moneyanswerscruise.com or call 800-707-1634. That's 800-707-1634. And don't delay, because spaces are limited. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Scott Letourneau, who's the CEO of Nevada Corporate Planners based in Las Vegas, Nevada. Welcome back to the show, Scott. Thank you, Jordan. A little bit more on credit. Uh, In this tight environment, how are banks treating small businesses and, and you know is it really possible to get a loan in this kind of environment it is challenging i talked to one of the major banks i won't give out their name and they told me directly we're not lending money the way we make money is on charging fees to customers and unless you've been in business for two years we don't want to even talk about lending you money so it's difficult And the problem with the banks is they don't give business owners especially small business owners the answers to the test in other words they don't tell you what the criteria are, and I spent about a year period of time with a major bank breaking down the criteria. In other words, what does your personal credit score have to be if you're going to apply for a business credit card, uh, a business line of credit, a business loan? Where do you pull the credit from? What levels do your derogatories have to be at? Can you have any? What about your revolving debt levels specifically? What do you have to have in gross sales, profits? And the frustrating thing is they're not educating customers on how their process works. But, you know, the good news is if you do get the information, you understand what the formula is, maybe your business isn't in a position today. But if you know the areas you have to work on, say, six months to a year from now, then you're likely to be much more successful with the bank in getting those business lines of credit. And if you're in a good position and your business is doing well, your credit score is high, you have good revenues, good profits, that is the time to develop the relationship with the bank and get a business line of credit because, you know, it's counterintuitive because, you know, when you need the money, they're not there to help you out. But when you don't need the money, that's when they'll lend it to you, and that's part of the challenge. Are there ways to get uh, cash advances on your sales kind of factoring? Is that something that is a way for people to get money these days? Yeah, one of the hottest sources of lending today is called a merchant account cash advance, which basically means if you accept credit cards as payments, which most businesses do, and you have a certain monthly revenue, say about $10,000 per month as a minimum in Visa MasterCard sales, they don't look at American Express, you can typically, if you've been in business for at least six months to a year, Most companies look at a year, but with us, they look at six months. Uh, They'll give you an advance on future credit card sales. And usually it might be a percentage. So if you do $20,000 a month, you might be able to get $5,000 or $10,000 of an advance within 72 hours. Now, the key components of that is you have to be very clear what the money is being used for. You have to understand what's called a cash advance rate and a remit rate, 
which is basically because it's a factor, as you said, it's not an interest rate. It's how much you have to pay back. Usually these are paid back within six to nine months. And typically there's a percentage that comes out of your daily merchant account balance. And by the way, you do have to switch merchant accounts. And if you're using the money for growth and expansion or buying assets, pennies on the dollar, it may be effective. If you're using it to just simply pay off past debt and you don't have a plan for the month after that, more than likely it could put you out of business a year from now. So you absolutely have to work with the right people to know what you're doing in that arena. How about getting uh, angel investors or getting people to invest in your business? Is that something people should count on? It, it certainly is a possibility to look for angel investors. Uh, certainly to there are uh, more private uh, equity groups forming out there because, as you know, with the interest rates so low, a lot of people that are wealthy are very frustrated with the returns on investments when the interest rates are very low. So some people are getting together to form private equity groups to uh, look for opportunities. Obviously, if you're going that route, you have to have a very comprehensive business plan in place. They want to see that your traffic is growing on a monthly basis on your website, your revenues are growing. And unfortunately for you know most of the people that are a home-based business type owner, that's probably not really a viable option uh, if they plan on staying home-based. I mean, obviously, you know, Google started off in the garage, so that was a success story that wasn't planning to stay there, nor did it, obviously. So there are certainly possibilities, and you have to look at all the options in this arena. One of the big areas you talk about is leveraging your business through uh, relationships. Tell us a little bit about how people can grow their business uh, using those relationships. Yeah, this is one of the fastest ways to grow any business is to what I call leverage through joint ventures or relationships, as you say. And what most people don't understand is there's small businesses out there and other companies that have spent literally millions of dollars to develop a relationship with their clients. And if you have an expertise or information that would help out their customers or clients be more successful, if you approach that company properly and come from a place to want to add value to help their customers or clients be more successful, if you could do a teleseminar webinar, offer a free report, some tools, then when you think about it, you're getting exposed to the current company's list who spent millions of dollars at zero cost to you. Zero cost, the person of trusted influence in that company is endorsing you to their list, they're interviewing you. And unfortunately, Jordan, most small businesses and even mid-sized companies, they miss out on this opportunity and they do things, for example, like let's advertise which is one of the most expensive forms of marketing, and they're really missing out on this opportunity. And if they just simply had a few tools and knew how to execute, they should be doing joint ventures uh, on a daily basis. Maybe just give us an example of a company you helped uh, to joint venture their way to success. Well, uh, we have, uh, uh, we just did uh, an event this year called the Ultimate Joint Venture Boot Camp, and we had many, many attendees. And one of the attendees, for example, is in the automotive business, and he attended the event. And he just didn't see the opportunities he had to grow his business, and he's in the luxury uh, collector car division. And just by going to the event, he realized that you know he was the senior vice president of a worldwide uh, firm, and he had relationships with over 75,000 affluent people and once he figured out how to put the language together and a couple of the simple tools, 
I mean, he was so excited, and he knew multiple ways now to take his business next level that before the event, it was totally out of his awareness. So that's in person. How about on the Internet? How can you do joint venturing of people you might not have met but have met over the Internet? You know, for ourselves, as an example, we do them on a daily basis. Just yesterday I did a, a two new joint ventures with companies that, you know, the, the pattern is, you know, if, if they're on the Internet and somebody is bringing in business customers, and let's say, um, let's say somebody uh, is in the Internet business, and let's say your business is you have a solution to bring more traffic to a website. Well, what you want to do is find out where do your customers go before they need more traffic. So let's say your customers uh, want to uh, register a domain name. What if you could do a, a joint venture with a domain name company and you offered a report on how to generate more traffic to their web, to their domain names they're purchasing? If that domain name company now endorses you, that could be worth millions of dollars of profits to you. So the two magic questions to ask is, where do all your customers go before they need your product and service? and where do they go after they need your product or service and develop joint ventures with each of those lists and your business will be incredibly successful. What, this is a very good concept. What do you have to offer to people as far as a program of some kind to get into this whole concept of joint ventures in more detail? What we do is uh, we have two things. We have a home study course on it uh, where we have 12 DVDs of the event to walk you through step-by-step -step, everything from the tools you need how do you language it? How do you approach a company? How do you set up a teleseminar webinar? Plus, we have an online membership site that goes with the home study course that is step-by-step uh, -step in the process that we give you all the tools and resources you need to really master this higher form of leverage. And it's really something that even every small business owner, whether you're a one-person operation or you have 100 employees, quite honestly, this is the highest form of leverage. Then you also offer uh, teleseminars and webinars to people who've gone through the NCP process as well. Tell us a little bit about some of the things you offer there. Yeah, we have a program, as we mentioned earlier on, up to 95% of people fail in the first five years. So we have a program called the Top 5% Club, where our mission is to help you be part of the top 5% that actually succeeds after five years and is profitable. So what we do, we help you master the two skills necessary to accomplish that. Number one, how do you you know, grow your profits in the shortest period of time possible. And number two, how do you keep them? Because a lot of people make a lot of money but don't keep them, so we have to focus on both skill sets. And on a monthly basis, we interview a world-class person or company. Uh, if you miss the interview, we send you the CD. We do an incredible newsletter that we physically send you with subjects and resources. Plus, you immediately get access to all the previous calls, resources, uh, and tools to help your business because we know – Many of you are at different stages in your business, and so whether you're brand new or you've been in business for 10 years, we give you a resource guide to immediately go to the best resource to help you grow or protect your business. And the best news, it's free for the first 30 days. And again, people can find out more about this at businessanswerstoday.com or Scott's phone number is 877-627-5555. As we close, Scott, why don't you just kind of give a brief overview of the opportunity and the pitfalls of running a small business in today's world. You know, the opportunities of running a small business in today's world is you can really ensure your family's financial future and, and security. Uh, when you look at the markets worldwide, I mean, China and India alone have more consumers, the entire U.S. population. 
and it's a growing market who are going to be looking for services and solutions. So I think it's the greatest time in history to start a small business. Obviously, some of the pitfalls is it may be difficult to get access to financing. So you have to build credit, and you have to have you have to have persistence, and it's going to take some effort and a lot of effort. But the good news is, if you can focus on where can you be 12 months from now, my small business, uh, I think you can be a great success. And if you, you know, work with somebody like us that can automate a lot of these things, you can focus on bringing in customers and clients to bring profits. We think you have a good chance of beating the odds and being part of that top five percent that's still in business after five years from today. Terrific. Well, my guest during this Money Answer show has been Scott Letourneau, uh, the CEO of Nevada Corporate Planners based in Las Vegas. Again, he can help you in many ways uh, make your small business start up in a good way and then run it much better once you've got it going. His website, again, is businessanswerstoday.com. His phone number, 877-627-5555. Thanks so much for being on the Money Answer show, Scott. Thank you, Jordan. My pleasure. Thanks again, and we'll be back again next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.